This is Jim from Portage M&A Advisory, and you're listening to the Selling Successfully podcast, the show that simplifies selling your business for those thinking about moving into the next chapter of life. If you like what you hear, please follow or subscribe to find us easily and listen again. We're here when you need us. When it comes to retirement, there's much more to consider than just the numbers. In today's episode, Ryan Buse, partner at Portage, and I are going to discuss the key elements involved in retirement for business owners. And Ryan, as you know, you know when we have this discussion, there's, there's three critical questions that often arise. The first one being, is my business saleable? Second one, you know, am I ready to retire? And what does retirement mean for me? And thirdly, and in my opinion, probably one of the most critical, can I afford to retire? Although these are all important questions, oftentimes simply addressing these questions at the surface level doesn't go deep enough. So Ryan, walk our listeners through some of the additional set of questions we encourage business owners to consider, especially when they're thinking about planning for retirement as a business owner. Yeah, and, and I would think you know some of the main things you need to look at is, you know, is this business ready to be passed along to the to the next person, right? So so can I actually retire and sell my business? Uh, as well as, you know, is the funds I'm going to get from this sale is that going to fund my retirement? Because if it's not, you I mean you might have to push that retirement just a little bit longer, or you might have to do things to get more value from that business, whether that's tax savings or whether that's just get revenue up or, or a, a lot of different options. Um, and then the one thing we always like to ask people is, what are you going to do when you retire, right? Like if you don't know what you're going to do, you're going to have a hard time selling your business. Right. So let's go back to that first point you mentioned about what do I do with my business? Um, what are some of the options people can do when selling their business? I mean, if you think about, you know, family owned businesses where their family members involved, you think of a key manager, what are some of the options folks have? Yeah, there's, there's lots of different options you can do, but I think you have to make sure you have processes in place that a buyer can take over that business or a family member can take over that business because it's not always, you're not always going to sell. You might be passing along to a key employee, you might be passing along to a family member. So process everything you do in that business so that when you do go to sell it, someone can slot right in and say, yeah, I can take this business. I can run this business. And, and therefore, it is a saleable business. Right. And, and I guess with some of the new legislative changes that we're seeing, you know, an ESOP or employee stock option plan might be an option. Typically, we see you know, a management buyout, but maybe this ESOP is an option. Obviously, selling to a strategic versus a financial buyer could be an option. But there's numerous options, I, I would say, are available. Yeah, and I think what you have to remember is there will be numerous options available. So, so let's get this business saleable to, to a bunch of different options. Don't just say, yeah, Strategic's going to buy it so they can run the company. They don't need the process in place because they've already done it. Um, you, you have to realize when we go to market, the person that's willing to pay the most and the person that might actually end up buying it might not have the experience in there and they have to learn it through, through acquisition, through the, the year that you may be staying on to help run that business after sale. So, so make sure it's ready for anybody on that sale. Right, so let's talk about the business owner, which is oftentimes you know, someone who's still involved in the business. Um, who's gonna take their place? What does that typically look like? 
Yeah, it, it depends on every business is different, but but a lot of businesses that owner is in, integral to that business, and a lot of those key relationships are. So so you really got to say, can I transition those relationships over? Can can I? How long do I need to stay after a sale? Because um, that's going to affect your retirement as well, right? Do I need to spend a year to transition those relationships, or can I do it now prior to sale? Can I get some key employees and say? Hey, you're going to be the one going on those sales calls. You're going to be the one picking up the phone to answer that problem, which obviously makes the business a little more saleable. Now, I've heard this a lot, and you've probably heard this too. Um, you know, the idea or 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 the notion that business owners should just depart from their business for five, six months, <laughs> and that's a good indication that it'll stand on its own feet. Is that practical or realistic in the lower middle market? I mean, listen, a lot of our businesses they might have. 10 to 20 employees. And if you take one major employee out, you somehow you have to compensate that for that in salary or whatever the case might be. And that's a lot of expense that sometimes you just can't take on. And so, like I was saying before, really just process what you Just make a list of what you do in a day. So that when someone does buy the business, they can truly, you know, they can take it over and say, yeah, I know that person couldn't leave for five months, but they can train me in an adequate amount of time so that I can do what they're doing. Right. Now let's talk about the most important question that, that sellers you know, are thinking about, and that's the value of my business. Walk me through, from your perspective, you know, how they should think about the value of the business and also what, what buyers are looking at from their perspective. Yeah, I think what they gotta say is, first of all, like I, I wanna bring this back into, are you ready to, to, to sell, right? So. Is the value that we're looking at going to get, get you enough to actually retire? So what can I do to create more value? So the, again, it's going to come back to how reliant is the owner in the business? Um, are there any major customers that if you lost them would be a problem? So do you look at all these risk factors and say, can we get them out of the business prior to sale? Or if they're in there, how can we make a buyer more comfortable with them? Because that's what a buyer is really going to look at. They're looking at risk. When I buy this business, are those cash flows that you've historically had, and say, say it's a million dollars a year, is that repeatable once I take over? And the more that it, it looks like a risk that it's not, the, the less they're gonna pay for that business. So you really gotta say, let's look at all the risks of the business and try to, to neutralize them or to be able to explain them to a buyer. Right. And oftentimes, too, I think there's a misconception that, hey, my retirement needs, if I need $5 million to retire, that's got to be the value of my business. But in reality, we know it doesn't work that way. So what would the best practice be or how would you go about finding the value of your business? Yeah. So, so and as part of our process at Portage, we really do value the business as what do we think it would sell in the market? So we, we truly will you know, do a evaluation and say, you know, this is kind of where we think it's going to fall. We're, we're usually pretty accurate to where we think it's going to fall. And, and then as a as a seller, does that actually fit my retirement needs? Plus, there may be other things you can do. Maybe I need $5 million because of the way my tax, it's structured for tax, but I can restructure and do some other things that I'm going to pay less taxes. And maybe a $4 million price works for my retirement needs. So you, you really have to look at all the options. And, and I would say, you know, just on a, on a side note, if I'm a business owner, speak to your wealth planner, right? They're going to tell you what you need, what your lifestyle is going to look like in the future. It, does that actually do what you need it to do to, to live that lifestyle that you've been living and you want to live a, after sale? 
Right. And I would say, I guess, from, from my experience too, you know, find a chartered business valuator, make sure that, you know, someone with the gold standard is looking at the business, make sure it lines with what the lender's perspective is, make sure that you're taking into consideration the buyer's perspective too. And, you know, I think if you follow all those steps, you'll certainly figure out whether or not your business is truly saleable. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it, you just take all those, the proper steps, make sure you have that proper valuation. It's not just a, hey, I think you're worth 10 million because that's what you need to retire. It's no, no, we've done the, the work and the necessary analysis to make sure that that price is what we think it's actually going to sell for. So yeah, definitely having someone like a charter business valuator on, on whoever's doing that valuation definitely helps with the whole process. Really, Ryan, at the end of the day, I mean, there, there's one true principle that I think everyone should really remember at the end of this. And if you only take away one thing, it's really that Planning well in advance is probably the most key aspect at the end of the day. And, you know, there's a couple other more intangible elements that come to mind. One is the fear of the unknown. As a business owner, your identity is caught up in the business. Obviously, stepping away from that identity can be frightening. In fact, you know, if you look at if you look at some of the psychological studies that have been done, the American Institute of Stress ranks retirement number 10 on a list of life's most stressful events. And I can completely see this. Um, what, what have you seen? Yeah, exactly. Business owners, especially near a sale, at the closer they get to the sale, especially if they haven't prepared you know, three to five years in advance, which, which we always like them to, that they're, as that sale process is going along, they're going, what am I going to do with myself? What What... My whole life is XYZ company and everyone knows me from XYZ company and what are my interests outside of, of that company, right? Am I going to have an identity outside of that, that business? Are people going to know me as, you know, the guy that used to an XYZ company and I've got nothing else, I got nothing else to do now. And if you really don't know what you're going to do, it, it gets very stressful as closing comes. If you, don't, if you don't really have that outlet after retirement, it can be very daunting and, and it can lead to a lot of problems near the end of a sale process. Right. And let me read some of the other critical items that tie into why you know business retirement is number 10 on the list. So some of them are lack of financial security. So not, not talking to a wealth advisor and saying, hey, what are my numbers? Number two, boredom, which you touched on. I mean, if, if you're spending 24 hours a day you know, at your business and you're interacting with staff and that's your social outlet, um, you, you could certainly be, be bored. The loss of identity that we talked about with, and this one I find a little bit interesting, which is spending more time with family. I mean, spending more time with family could be very stressful. Perhaps work has been your outlet, but going back and spending your whole life, you know, with someone that, you know, you haven't spent that much time with, perhaps that's stressful too. <laughs> Yeah, def definitely. I guess it can be stressful uh, in certain situations. And again, it comes down to, did you plan? Um, it, and we're going to keep on harping on that because really planning really makes everything a lot, lot easier. Do I have enough to retire? Um, yeah. What, what are those, like we've said a million times, what are those outlets after the fact? Like you really just got to think and, and that'll hopefully take that 10 to, to somewhere completely off that list. Um, 
you know, keep keep public speaking number one and, and some other things, but let's get that that off that list. So. Yeah, and I completely agree. I think planning well in advance, you know, is is just prudent, and it will reduce anxiety and all those other tensions. Some of the things that that folks do experience through this survey is, hey, the idea of selling your business and not having the stress of finding employees. It can be very rewarding. It can be very freeing, and you know it, it can also trigger feelings um, of just positivity. And you know, oftentimes people look at retirement from a distance and say, "Hey, it's a wonderful thing. I can now do the trips, you know, um, that I plan to do. Is too busy to do during you know owning the business. Perhaps spouse has." You know, always wanted to do that one big adventure, or or maybe you want to volunteer. But there are many great things on the other side. But I think sometimes the anxiety of the unknowns um, overshadows some of the positivities and some of the um, great elements on the other side of the fence. And I think simply, you know, planning in advance um, can actually make it a very fruitful process. Yeah, I, I, exactly. I think the fear of the unknown is is really something that you know, can get to people and it can be very worryful. Like everyone says, yeah, I can go on these trips, but you can only go on so many trips a year. What are you going to do in that off time? So what are you going to do in the, the nine to 10 hours a day, you know, after you retire? Because it's not, you're not going on trips all the time. I know a lot of people that after the fact, they exactly like you said, they say, I'm going to go volunteer. Or a lot of people, a lot of our sellers are going to say, I, I, I really still want to be somewhat involved in that business. And and you know, honestly, most buyers want that. So you got to really think: What do I want to do after the fact? Um, it, what is that? We keep on harping on, but what is that outlet? No, and, that, and that's interesting that you mentioned that because this survey actually had a few items. Um, and, and what I what I took from this survey is that you know this isn't cookie cutter. Everyone is different in terms of how they retire. So some of the possible ways to deal. Uh, with retirement is obviously to keep working on a part-time basis, which you mentioned. Oftentimes, with the transition, you could you could be involved one to two years. Oftentimes, you could be involved uh, at the board level. There's ways to add value, and I think it is beneficial for the buyer too. Uh, the second thing is continue the friendships inside the business. Maybe they're you're, you're you know friends with you know some of the operations people or your financial controller or some of the other folks or even customers. Why not continue those friendships? Don't abandon and ship. Um, and then lastly, try to think about what life during re retirement looks like well in advance. Try to plan out um, what you would actually do. Perhaps you're golfing more, you're on the golf course. Perhaps it's a hybrid of, of working remotely in Arizona. Um, but again, what, what this is alluding to is that there's no one size fits all and, and every situation is unique. Yeah, I agree. Just figure out what you're going to do and, and keep those. Why lose those relationships? The only thing I would advise against is if you're selling your business, don't talk about business again at once to those employees because you, you don't want to get wrapped back up into that because it'll keep your identity, you know, tied to that business. So great to have those relationships. And why wouldn't you? You've probably had them for 20 or 30 years. So Ryan, what I'd like to talk about is how security can buy happiness. So going back to the survey, the American Psychological Stress Institute, now they say there's one key ingredient. The key ingredient, based on 58% of retirees, they say financial security in particular is the most important ingredient to happy retirement. Um, and again, I, I don't think this is surprising. We've talked about this earlier. Knowing what 
amount of money you need in order to retire is obviously important. And knowing that you have enough is also important, right? And so talk to me a little bit about how a seller could ensure that they have financial security. Yeah, yeah, I think to make sure you have financial security is make sure that that valuation makes sense and how can I get that valuation for my business to where I need it to be, right? So what can I do to increase the value of the business? I know we've said this before and I know we've said it in previous podcasts. So really, what what can I do? And so that again, like we said before, get risk out of the business, do do whatever I need to do to increase the value. And, And again, you want to make sure that financial security, and I don't think I've, we've even harped on this, is does it make sense for you and your spouse? Because the last yeah. thing you want to do is, hey, it makes sense for me, but I haven't talked to my spouse. And all of a sudden, you know, we start to think about it and we didn't bring everything into the picture with our with our financial planner, right? So obviously not doing this in isolation <laughs> with your key partners is important. Definitely. Yeah. And if you look back to some of our earlier episodes, episode two, we talked about financial planning. That's a good reference too. Um, where we talked about the key to seller sanity success. Uh, Episode seven, we talked about a smart exit, the power of wealth management, and we had an expert on on talking about wealth management um, and how to prepare your financial plan. I think those are critical and making sure they're aligned with your business valuation. But let's talk a little bit about um, advisors. This is a key ingredient too that is often overlooked, the deal team. Can you talk to me a little bit what, about what that looks like? Your your deal team can really affect your value, right? It really can. If you don't have the proper lawyer, you have a lawyer that pushes in areas they shouldn't push, it could kill a deal. It could make a, a retrade of the deal so that the price gets changed lower. Um, you don't have the proper accountant because you've outgrown your accountant and now we're trying to deal with sloppy books or, or whatever the case might be. A buyer is going to get nervous. Again, it's a risk thing. So a buyer gets nervous because you, you didn't have that proper accountant that was actually creating the books that are ready to be readable by a buyer. Um, or it just may be, you know, is that accountant at the level to do a, a review engagement? A lot of times a notice to reader or a compilation, whatever it's called now, is just not adequate enough for a transaction. Right. So in terms of the deal team, I mean, if you're putting together a deal team, you've got an accountant, tax accountant, so the tax piece is covered off. You've got your wealth planner, you've got your M&A lawyer, um, and you've got your M&A advisor. Anyone else you would throw in there? Um, Sometimes you're going to need, and if you're planning it ahead of time, you're going to need a business coach. Like sometimes those business coaches are a fractional CFO. Like those people can actually add a lot of value to the team. Um, They can get certain KPIs in order for, for a buyer to actually look at, or a business coach can say, what can we do to increase value? So let's do all the things that actually are needed and, and the push that's needed to, to create more value. So there are sometimes more people that will be needed and it, it's all dependent on the business. That's why, you know, if you talk to someone such as ourselves or someone else five years in advance, you, you can look at those things and what, what else I might need to complement those other main people that you had said on the deal team. And I think what's important for folks to understand too is, you know, it may sound expensive having all these these people on your team, but the reality is, I mean, step one is getting a financial evaluation on the personal side, on the business side. And then as you move closer to sale, you put the team members together. And oftentimes, People are coming in and doing their thing at different um, at different time frames, right? Exactly. So it's not like you're paying you know, a massive amount of money prior to going to market. It's just ensuring that you have the right people on your team. 
Yeah, that, that's exactly it. You're, you're right. You're not going to need everyone at every given point. And a lot of times, some of them are adding value that you're going to actually realize prior to, to a close. So if you get the proper CFO or proper accountant, you may start to increase your revenue or you may just start to cut costs or you know, change your working capital so you can actually get more cash from the business, even if nothing changes but that. So you reduce inventory, whatever the case might be, it, you would be surprised. Hey, it's going to cost me 20, 30,000, but I might get an extra 200,000 a year, 300,000 a year, which on sale, you know, say we're, we're doing a, a four times multiple, that's eight, 800 to, to maybe 900,000 more, more in values. So retirement can certainly be a reality for business owners. I think the key is really just planning in advance. And let's think about it. You, you spent all these years working super hard, taking risk early on and building a great organization. There should be nothing more rewarding than being able to exit. You know, it's certainly a shame when we see folks not plan in advance and not have a successful retirement. Um, again, Plan early, build your deal team, and ask the right questions prior to exiting. Ryan, I want to thank you for joining us today and providing insight. It's very helpful. Thanks for having me, Tim. Yep. If you'd like to get in touch with me or Ryan, you can find us on LinkedIn or you can send us an email at jim.friesen at portagemaadvisory.com or ryan.bust at portagemaadvisory.com. For those of you interested, We've created key takeaways that you can download and access via our podcast page. Please remember to like or subscribe to keep this podcast handy, and we'll see you next time.